Hi there, this is Jim the Keys Bartender coming to you from Key Largo. The Keys Bartender podcast is about life bartending and Keys life. I think that should be pretty, you know, pretty apparent just by the title, title. I almost said title. This weekend at work at the catch, we had a uh, brow walk. It's uh, support uh, cancer research and things like that. But there was, you know, just a bunch of people talking, walking around in decorated bras. And we had a, it was a walk and they hit different bars and things like that. Um, While I was thinking about that, so I guess that was in the back of my mind. I was just thinking, so instead of saying title, I said tittle. So that's a Freudian slip, which goes in well, because eventually we're going to be talking about dreams. But I wanted to start off talking about a friend of mine asked, he was having a party and he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm kind of really stuck having a party, but I'm thinking about all the stuff I need to get for it. And I said, well, are you going to be getting food? And they go, no. I said, what are you concerned about? He goes, the drink. And I said, okay, well, what you do is you just get basic things and go out from there. And he goes, well, you know, everyone wants something different. Everyone wants something different. And I go, there's the thing. Do you try to make everyone happy or try to make your party success? So, you know, some people, they're only happy they got a particular drink. Then I'm going to give you a plan for handling this. And if they don't handle it, then, you know, they don't want to handle it, then that's their issue. You know, there's some, if, if they're not going to adjust or bring their own stuff. So I say, listen, this is what you do. You go three, two, one. Three, two, one, three bottles of vodka, two bottles of rum, and one bottle of gin. The appropriate mixers. You need tonic, club soda, uh, Coke, and Sprite. And obviously you have water and stuff like that. And you can have some, you want to, you can have some juice. Okay? But you don't really have to. If they want to, people can bring mixers and things like that. You also have light beer and a regular beer. Usually go with a premium one or a premium, you know, to be middle of the road one. And then wine, you have a white and a red. I would go with Sauvignon Blanc and Cabernet. Now, okay, there's people like Rioja, Merlots, um, all these different things, you know, Pinot Noir. Yeah. And the same thing goes for the white wine. You have Chardonnay, Pinot Grigio and all that stuff. And yeah, they can bring that stuff. You know, if someone has a particular taste, they usually have a particular vintage they like at certain vineyards. So, and same thing goes with vodka. And with the big ones, you get like middle of the road stuff. Like you get Smirnoff vodka, or you can go get Tito's. Or you can, and with rum, you start out with um, Bacardi. And gin, you get yourself Tangeray. And when I say that, so three, two, one is... Like if it's a small gathering, you probably want to just go one, one, one. But I'm just saying, don't get three bottles of vodka and three bottles of gin. Not that people drink, not that many people drink gin anymore. But you could get a crowd that, you know, everyone drinks gin and then you have to buy more of that. But generally in a party, the bigger party, you go with those ratios. I go through three times as much vodka as I do anything else. When it goes, you know, in any one particular night easy sometimes four bottles so you go and say listen this is what i'm going to have these are mixers going to have and if you're happy with that don't bring anything if you have something you like bring it yourself right so me myself if i want to have a beer i bring a zero zero beer 
or, you know, I'd be happy with the mixers, the club soda and things like that. But I generally like drinking something directly out of the container because when you're at a party, sometimes you put down your drink. You got to be careful about picking up one that has liquor in it. So that's my suggestion. That's my bartender suggesting suggestion right there. So that's about it for the bartending stuff. On top of that, I was going to talk about dream interpretation, things like that, because I woke up today and I started thinking about a dream I had. And I was thinking, wow, how long am I going to waste thinking about this stupid dream? And it's a dream. And I won't go into details because nothing in there happened very exciting or different or weird. I ended up wearing a suit. I was working, I think it was selling health insurance. And I was going to a company with a friend that I went to college with, actually a fraternity brother, ended up looking for my grandmother's house, the grandmother when I was a child, and ended up showing up at another person's house, and not my grandmother's house, not knowing any of the people, but the people at night, so I walk through the house, go to go out the door, and then I find my grandmother's house, and then I realize my grandmother's not alive anymore, and I'm a full-grown man on a street in front of a house of a place I didn't live anymore. And then I woke up. Now, I could spend all day thinking about that. Oh, what does this stuff mean? What does it? Or I can just say, wow, that's just some random shit going on. And that's what I'm thinking. Just random shit going on. Recently, my father passed about, gosh, just a little over two weeks ago. It's still fresh in my mind, but I don't see anything in there with that. My grandmother passed over 20 years ago. So then I'm thinking, wow, people, I've really put an inordinate amount of time thinking about dreams. Not in, I'm just saying, if you have a dream, it's usually lasts, you remember a dream, it usually takes less than a minute. The dream you remember occurred in one minute. It may have seemed long, but you got to remember, there's no conversation going, no one's speaking, no one's breathing and stuff like that. It's like you can have an hour long movie in the space of a minute in a dream, right? So I'm thinking, Wow, how how often do I spend thinking an hour about something that takes less than a minute to occur? Or I mean, obviously there's incidents where you do stuff like that. I said, boy, that's probably been going on forever. And it has been going on forever. Probably from the time, prehistoric times, before people even had complex thoughts. You know, if you don't have that, if you're just hunting, you know, a buffalo, hiding in caves, hiding from saber-toothed tigers and, you know, trying to look to feed the clan and hunt and stuff like that, you're probably not going to have too many complex dreams. You think about a bear coming into your cave and you having to dispatch it with your wooden stakes or sticks. And then it goes on and on. You get to the Old Testament. You have some uh, guy who's a slave in Egypt, Joseph, telling wealthy people, interpreting their dreams and telling somebody, who tells them a dream and says, well, what you got to do is put cookies in a hat and the birds come and feed it from it. You got to wear a hat. And that sounds like crazy advice to get. But, you know, Joseph tells these people, you know, get a coat. You got to get a coat, get many different colors on it and stuff like that. You know, you get, there's crazy people out there to give you advice. This is what it means. This is what that dreams means. And then you go through the, through time and then you got psychology comes about. The guy named Freud starts doing dream interpretation and legitimizes this kind of, I think, kind of random art 
of dream interpretation. When you're talking about the brain, think about ideas that pop in your head that aren't natural, naturally when you're awake. When you're awake, think of the ideas that pop into your head while you're awake and aware. How stupid some of the ideas are. I hate using the word stupid, but everyone has stupid ideas that pop through their head. And intelligence in people keeps them from, oh, I think it stopped recording. Intelligence, no, it didn't stop recording. Intelligence keeps us from expressing those stupid ideas. Just think of it. You're standing on the edge of a cliff. He goes, what if I just leaned over much further? No, you don't. You're, that's an idea in your head, but you don't lean over and fall off the cliff. You go, you're jumping in the water. So what if I don't come up? What if I just stay down? Nope, you're going to get, you're going to get uh, depleted of oxygen. You're going to pop up. So yeah, there's, and there's all different ideas. You drive down the road. I hope I don't steer into oncoming traffic. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Anymore. And that's why you're awake. So I dwell on that a little longer. But think about this, the silly ideas you get when the frontal lobe isn't driving when you're sleeping at night. Think about things that pop in. Now, you may assign significance to them, or you don't. I prescribe, yeah, sometimes things, if things are repressed, there's repressed memories, there's fears and all that stuff. Sure, they may, but not every dream we think about. Every dream you're thinking about. If I'm thinking about being in a endless pie eating contest where I'm eating my favorite pie so much that I hate that pie, right? Let's say Boston cream pie. I know that's weird. I don't like, I mean, I like the town of Boston, uh, but just because um, I'm more of a cherry pie eating person. But I go and see and just eating Boston cream pie until I hate it. That's be like a nightmare to me. But I don't think there's any significance to that. I just think your brain's firing at night and we spend all this time ascribing significance to it. And I think our concern about dreams sometimes lead us to think there's bigger problems than there are. Now, the problems you have when you're awake are the real problems. You know, if you have some problem with anger issues, um, the one thing I wanted to talk right after this, I'll talk about that issue for me. But... You got anger issues, you have envy, you have people that are anxious, um, people that are pathological liars. And they're real issues and stuff like that, not the things that happen in your dreams. You know, you may think, I can't believe I dreamed that. There's something wrong with me. No, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just something your brain does on autopilot when you're sleeping. And lastly, I know this is kind of a short show because I talked about, you know, we talked about the drink, we talked about dreaming and stuff like that. I, um, and I did mention, I was ruminating about, ruminating, I was thinking about my father. And that thing that led me to think, oh, wow. I, I noticed over the years, I remember years ago, my father, we were watching this movie, uh, when people watch movies on videotape and we're watching a comedy called Romancing the Stone and my father says to me I don't know if we all watched it together I just said there was it was a popular movie that time he said 
Danny DeVito was in it. He says he, whenever he saw Danny DeVito on screen, Danny DeVito uh, reminded his, his behavior reminded him of me. And I go, all that Danny DeVito did was kind of be like a snide little guy and was kind of bitching all the time about where he was in, you know, blaming people on his, on for things that happened, you know, this person, that person, Ira, his cousin Ira and stuff like that. And he's, uh, just kind of not negative. And I says, well, I, I, I don't think my dad said he was negative because he always complimented, but he said for that instance, that character reminded me of him, uh, of me, his character reminded him of me. And I thought, wow, that's, I don't see myself in that person at all. And then I thought about it. I bitch all the time. And I'm using the word bitch as the word bitch, meaning that describing a behavior, bitching about something, complaining about something. I'm a complainer. And from my neck of the woods, that's called bitching. And I would call myself a bitch face sometimes. When I am, when I'm dissatisfied with something, I bitch about it. And that's not, that's not the way I see myself. I don't see myself. And I think some people don't see, but I can get into a really, really negative mood. I don't talk about this that much. So I'm telling on myself right now. I just get, I get to this thing where not only do I internalize this complaining or the more appropriate vernacular bitching, I not only do that, I vocalize that. The closer you are to me, the more bitching you hear. So I could have, you know, by rightly so, titled this show The Bitchy Bartender, The Bitchy Keys Bartender. There's another thing, The Bitchy Keys Bartender. I mean, I may consider that. But yeah, I do a lot of something bitchy. And that's something I want to change about myself. I know it's really hard to change yourself when you get older and people think, well, you know, if I go listen to your podcast, you know, Jim, you bitch a lot. You know, you do bitch a lot. You complain about a lot of stuff. You complain about this, that, the other thing you complain. You have a problem with certain people, political parties. You have a problem with uh, historical figures, historical figures. Who has a problem with historical figures in the past? It happened already. It's over. They're gone. I'm talking historical figures that are long dead. Uh, people you don't even meet, people, you know, uh, famous people. Why would you complain about that? I mean, why would you look across there and see this person driving like that? You go and say, have to say that, you know, obviously they're not hurting anybody. Yeah, that's, that's bitching. And I hate using a word. I know it has a lot of, um, I can be accused of misogyny with that. Uh, using, a, appropriating a term that was derogatory for our female uh, members of our society, but I, I, I'm just going to use the definition. Bitching is not relegated to one sex. It's relegated to a people. And when I say it's a people, it's a people of all different types. It's a type of person that would allow themselves to be viewed as a bitchy. Let's say in this case right here, a bitchy bartender. I'm one of them. I'm going to bitch about things, complain about this, complain about that. I think it's kind of um, sometimes bitching, if you're in a power position, it's almost like bullying. 
like this when you start bitching. He goes, this is bullshit. You know, blah, 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 blah. You shouldn't be doing, you know. And uh, I don't know if I necessarily do this. This is a feeling I have. This is a feeling I have. And it, I, I guess I have to have people uh, around me. I think the people closest to me will agree with me. The people that are closest to me, my family and my closest friends and my coworkers. But as you get further and further away, you may think, hey, Jim, you don't seem to be, you know, you don't, you don't seem to be the guy that bitches all the time and complains. You're kind of like a guy, a glass half full, not a glass half empty. I said, well, there's a fine line between bitchiness and pessimism or negativity. You know, I always promote positivity, right? I promote positivity. And I eschew or drive off negativity. But bitchiness is, and complaining is like, oh man, what a beautiful, what a beautiful day. It sucks, it's so hot. Or, oh man, what a sweet dog. It pees on my leg every time. Or, oh, that's a lovely woman over there. It's shame she vomits in the bathroom every week. You know, that's kind of, I, I guess that voice when we go deadpan, when I do that kind of doesn't do it. But bitchiness has kind of a high, uh, when a higher range for anybody that's doing it or a deeper range. You know, you can kind of be gruff and being bitchy. Your voice can't be monotone when you're bitchy. You know, when you do the monotone, it seems like it's more of a negative thing. So I'm endeavoring. To undo that strong streak of bitchiness that I've had. And um, I don't think anybody can help me. I'm something I, it's just the work I have to do on my own. It's funny I don't think about, a dream, dream about that. See, if dreams are real self-reflective, uh, I would have dreams about, wow, I was particularly bitchy then. But I'm more bitchy in waking life than in bad life. I, today, I'll tell you a brief story. That's, I have a story about bitchiness. I had to book, uh, I'm booking a flight up north for my father's memorial uh, service. So actually, I had booked a flight on using an app of a major um, airline. And it's an air not, it's an airline, I'm not going to say its name, but all I can say is that if it was, it's the third form of God in the Catholic Church. And it's another word for the Father, Son, and the Holy blank. The other word for that kind of uh, thing. It's not ghost. It's not apparition. It's, okay, that airline. So I book it on their app. Otherwise, it's a lovely app. It should have a little more, um, like, uh, they should have more prevalent here, some more information, like the confirmation code on there should be right clear up the top, not at the very end of the light typeface. But besides that, after I booked a flight, my wife had said that uh, we needed to get another ticket. Okay. Because I assume my, my daughter had something to do that weekend and wouldn't be going up with us, which I was kind of stupid of me because I should have just 
done it, but I'm thinking, oh, what's the big deal? I'll just buy a ticket. I'll just buy another ticket. So I go line to buy another ticket. I'm not able to buy another ticket using the application. I'm have to, I would either have to cancel my reservation and rebook it. And I just got fixated on it that, oh, they had this beautiful application. They're spending millions. I imagine they spent millions of dollars building this application, maybe 10, $10 million building the application. I said, it has to have the capability to be able to buy a ticket for additional uh, ticket for the same flight. And I could tell by when I was picking the seats and I was going to change the seats, I can see that there's a lot of available seating. So that's no problem. I just couldn't buy another ticket from there. So I go, oh, hoo -hoo. and I kind of bitch from that. I, I spent like two hours thinking there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. Two hours, two hours there, two hours on the application over, over two days. It could have been longer. I'm trying to be more conservative. So that's getting to me. I'm thinking, wow, $10 million. You figured hey, be, be able to buy another ticket. So I call up. Finally, I call up. I tried chatting with them using their AI, and the AI didn't ever gave me. I said, I just want to buy another ticket for a flight that I'm already booked. And they, it, it had a problem with that logic, that logic thing. So the AI wasn't going to work because it kept on rephrasing. I need to get another ticket for the flight. The ticket is not for me. It's for another. And then, then the AI didn't really understand it. You can only get luggage, kind of get a pet, or I don't know have to purchase more room for your big hat you have. I don't know, but they have everything. You can buy sodas, you can do this, you can't do this, but you can't buy another ticket on a flight you're already on. So I had, the chat's not working, their application's not working. Well, I think the application's part of the chat. So I figure I call. So now the call, I call up, I wait about five, 10 minutes. And after the prompts, which take about five minutes, I finally get an operator from someplace on the subcontinent. And when I say the subcontinent, they're from like either India or Burma or Pakistan or something like that. You can tell by that former Southwest Asia accent, you know, that Southwest Asian accent. Now, I'm not one of those people. I'm not complaining about it because the service from those representatives were excellent. They were only working within the restrictions of the computer. So I'm working with them and they're, and don't get pissed off at me. I'm sorry if you lost a job, if you worked at a call center, but they handled it well. What they did have to worry, work with, they had to work with a, a phone, um, a computer system and a phone application system that was pretty crappy because eventually I bought a ticket and then I bought, I bought a ticket, got the thing and they said, I'm going to forward you for, uh, to get your credit card information. So they forward me and they kept on going through a disclaimer at the end. If you accept these disclaimers, say one or you reject pick two. So I hit one. Please pick an option. And I hit one again. And then it goes to the whole message again. So it takes about 15 minutes to listen to the message about six, seven times. Eventually, they put me through to the operator again. Now I go back to the operator, send me to and not the operator, you get me to the call center again. And the call center, I get another person and I give them my confirmation code and stuff like that. And says, oh, we don't have that person's uh, ticket, the one you said you just booked. And I said, well, do you see my seats? And they said, yeah. And he said, well, the seats next to him 
are the ones I purchased additionally. And they said, oh, they just booked that. We can't get in there. I said, well, that's this one. I got the confirmation code. And they said the confirmation code doesn't come up. And so they gave me a confirmation code for that and they couldn't do that. So I um, had to rebook and move some of the seats around and stuff like that. So all this time I'm getting all worked up. I'm getting angry. I'm bitching. I go said, I can't believe this. I'm talking to this person at the call center. And I said, I want you to understand. Now here I am. I'm a, my proclivity is the bitch and I'm feeling like I want a bitch, but I can't stop thinking about the, uh, I go like this. I said, listen, your telephone system and your computer, I realized that I'm very frustrated with. You guys did a wonderful job. And prior to the phone calls, they asked me twice, would you like to leave, stay on the line for a survey? And I was going to stay on for a survey. And I was trying to give them, a, I said, listen, I'll leave a nice review for you. But I have something to say about your computer system and your teleprompt system. And they go, oh, no, thank you. Have a wonderful day, you know, with their nice sing-songy accent. And I said, okay. So I go to that and they give me a thing. Were you, did you resolve your issue? I go, yes. Were you satisfied with the um, process? I go, no. And then it stops. Now, <laughs> I don't have any option. I, I thought there was going to be another question. I would want to say, oh, leave a comment if you want. It didn't even give me a chance to have a comment. It just said, when I was satisfied, were you satisfied? And I said, no. And just ended the survey. And I go, oh, what a shitty way to end the survey. Now I have to go and write an email to the company telling them I thought the call center was fine. And their computer system, their, tele, their, their, their teleprompter system was for shit. And I felt bad. I said, man, I just want to be able to. And then I, I, I went and I had to write, go to the email system and write an email and go through and write a four-page, a four-page, a four-paragraph message to the airline saying, listen, I just want to say, this is a suggestion, not a complaint. This is, I, I think the title is, this is not a complaint, slash, a suggestion. And I said, what you have to do is give another option. And I'm here I am. I think I'm being helpful. And I, and it probably, the person's reading it probably said, you might as well put it in all capital letters. Because this sounds like you're complaining. And I wasn't, I wasn't complaining. I just wanted to tell him. And I said, wow, I'm bitching. Now, yes, I was frustrated on this stuff. And I think I, I think I don't handle it right. This first, I was like, the person could tell I was aggravated at the call center, the second call person. And at the end, I said, listen, I want you to know I'm aggravated, not at you. At the thing that I couldn't do it on the application and this, I wasn't even angry at the airline. I'm not even angry at the airline. Um, I just thought, I said, you know, for the money that you invest in something, you think you give someone an option if they, their phone isn't registering, you'd be able to say yes. Because they could say yes on other op options there. They couldn't, they didn't have a yes or no option vocal for this one. They just had a number thing, which it wasn't accepting. So there I am. And here I did spend like 10 minutes telling you about a problem right there. And I bitched about it, which I failed already. So I got to think about it. I just want to be aware of it when I'm doing it. I have to think about it. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be hard because it is old dogs have a hard time 
of learning new tricks, new behaviors. I'm going to try it. I'm going to work hard to do that. So this is Jim the Keys Bartender. I'm going to be signing off. I hope you have a great day, and thank you for listening. Bye.